SAFM. Very good Wednesday to you, Mzansi, and welcome to Otherwise Talking Women on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Shadot Pala is my name. My producer is Hazel Makuzeni, and Rob Parkin is our technical producer for today. Our contact details are 0892-102010, email otherwise at safm.co.za, tweets at otherwise safm, or at Shadow Twana. Now, three architectural students have designed a device that could save sex workers' lives. We talked to Lenny Subra, one of the final year of students who created this device. There's so many myths around women's periods that Lelets has come up with the We Are Women uh, campaign, and Nolene Fenton dispels some of the myths. And we're joined by CEO of Raise Cop. Alan Rays, who is passionate about developing entrepreneurs, he talks to us about the Pitch and Polish platform. Before so all, always missing your favorite SF. Okay, before all of that, uh, our lunch bite for today. And it's about sadness and moving on. Resignation, despair, a sadness in lost possibilities. It's time to take stock and realign our priorities. We seem to have wandered off our path. Perhaps we have even forgotten what our path was. Otherwise... Maybe it's time to feel the grief of lost opportunities and stagnating minds. Life often teaches us through our wrong turns and missed possibilities. This feeling of sadness may well be the door to a new beginning, but we'll never go through the new door if we do not let ourselves go through the grief and sadness. As we let ourselves feel our grief and pain, we'll truly have the opportunity to step onto a new path and to explore our lives. So the lesson here today is my grief and pain are mine. I've earned them, they're part of me. Only in feeling them do I open myself to the lessons they can teach. Otherwise, on SAFM. Lemmy Subra is one of my guests. She is a 25-year-old final year student at Vista University. Lemmy, did I murder your name or is it correct? You got the first part correct, and you just um, assumed my gender, unfortunately, there. Oh, I beg your pardon. Let me, <laughs> and I was a bit shocked when I heard your voice. It, um, how do you pronounce your surname? Subira. Subira. Yes. Where, where does it come from, that surname? Um, I'm from Rwanda, originally, and that's where my name is from. Oh, fantastic. Now, 25-year-olds, what was the brief for this project? Well, the brief for the project, um, the design project, was basically to design something for a street trader that helps their their day-to-day life. We just decided to take it a bit further, and we were a bit loose with the term street trader. Well, I can imagine, yeah, because from street trader, I think, you know, guys selling cigarettes at street corners or vegetables, you know, and and you you, you just push the envelope a bit. Yeah, um, when we started... We thought about the general street trade and the street vendor, and when we were moving around and trying to decide what to do, we we figured that I, there are already initiatives in place for people to to sell things on the side of the street in in better manners. There are, there are markets that's been set up for these things. There's Faraday here in Johannesburg. There's there's different initiatives all over the country. So we decided to do something to cater for something that was completely ignored. That's how we ended up on the, on the sex workers. So how does the idea grow? You're 25 years old. How much do you know about sex work? Well, that was, that was the thing. We, we had to be really honest with ourselves um, about that fact. We really did not know that much. So we took the liberty to look up any organizations nearby, and we're really lucky to find uh, Sisonke, 
which is an organization right here in Johannesburg. Mm-hmm. So we went and spoke to them, and they've given us feedback. Our first idea, actually, was, was not very good. They told us that our assumptions were, were basically that. They were assumptions, and they weren't actually um, catering to what they needed. Okay, so you, you get the idea, and it's, mm-hmm. it's endorsed by this organization. Uh, what mm-hmm. was the process from then on? What went into the discussions, I want to know, to eventually come up with this? Because you could have come up with, uh, what, you know, a, a chain and lock and key that women wear around the waist. But, mm. <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, the conversation basically started with Sisonke, with what their, their day-to-day um, working conditions were, what their, their fears were what they enjoyed about perhaps the streets they worked on, what they didn't like about the street they worked on, or basically just the business as a whole. And we realized that security is their main concern. We initially wanted to do a a mobile health clinic, but once again, they already had that. Mm-hmm. This, was, this was something that we'd assumed. So when we got to them, we found that security was their main issue. So we went about designing something that could ensure their security, but still in an architectural sense. That's how we came up with the street furniture intervention that that looks like something interesting, something artsy in the city, but its function is actually to keep sex workers safe. The so, conversation, yeah, was, was just back and forth and over about three months, and they just constantly let us know whether or not this worked. We went to them a couple of times, and they told us whether they thought it was applicable or not, and they really helped us refine our idea. We'd be nowhere without them. Mm. Now, uh, the, the mechanics of it, and somebody who hasn't seen this design, because I'm sitting with a picture of the design in front of yep. me, but for people who haven't seen it, can mm-hmm. you can you describe what it does and, and what it is exactly? What it does, basically, is, is it's a piece of street furniture that works as a transmitter. So it will it will look like... Um, just like a street, let's say it's like a street bench for people who can't see it right now, as you say. Mm-hmm. If it was a street bench or something like that, the bench itself would have a transmitter embedded in it. Mm-hmm. That transmitter transmits to the existing organization that is Sisonke mm-hmm. and to a wristband that the sex workers would wear. Okay. So once they're within radius of the transmitter and the structure itself, they would be able to be picked up by the organization. Mm-hmm. And the wristband had, has four buttons. It's online, which is when they're working, mm-hmm. offline when they're not working at all, jump when they're with the clients, and a panic button, which is the main function of it. Mm-hmm. So the transmitter basically helps them keep track of each other. When someone presses the panic button, it transmits back to the organization because sex workers go missing all the time. Mm-hmm. And because of the way we look at them and the way we stigmatize them, nobody really cares. So we're trying to put the power back into their hands to let them take care of themselves. The response, though, needs to connect to police eventually. Is there is there that sort of connection to police eventually? As it currently exists, Sisonke is in contact with the police and they run workshops, Sisonke and Swiss. They run workshops with the police on how to deal with sex workers. So they're already doing that as it is. So mm. we didn't need to take that extra step. They're actually very well organized as it is. So we're just plugging in to what is necessary in a sense where we're plugging into the gap and the gap isn't the connection with the police the gap is the connection to the streets the connection to the sex workers when they go missing now the aesthetics of this thing it, it looks good as you say it looks like a piece of art does it light up do do uh buyers or or, or, or consumers of of the offers at hand 
do they know what it is? I mean, do, do, are people educated about it? Well, that's that's the whole thing. Um, we're we're trying to we have we have the prototype. We've built it one to one, and we're going to throw an exhibition to see how people do respond to it. Mm-hmm. But as it stands at the moment, people would not know what it is because we don't want to draw too much attention to to the sex workers themselves. It's more about um, drawing attention to how we treat them as people. Mm. So as it stands, it does light up, yes, in the evening, because besides the function, the primary function of working as a security measure, it, it's still on the street, so we still want to provide some sort of shading and some sort of, some sort of light. Someone can wait for it as a bus stop, as a point. Mm. Say, please meet me at, at that structure on the corner of so-and-so, wherever it would be. So yes, it has to be aesthetically pleasing. And to run the cost of actually having it, we're, we're looking into the idea of perhaps um, advertising on because we have fabric on the actual structure. Mm. So if we can advertise through that for different awareness campaigns for different minority groups, then we can start a conversation and start a dialogue through this art piece. Now, who would pay for the structures? Are you selling it to municipalities and cities? H- how are you going to be distributed? Because I'd, I'd want to believe that the rest mm-hmm. of the world would like this kind of uh, uh, structure and, and it would be in demand. So how, how are you going to make sure that it, it, it reaches, you know, and does its work internationally, especially? The first step, actually, it's, it's mostly about context. Uh, what we found out is that Sex workers, for example, in Johannesburg face different issues than sex workers in Pretoria. Mm. Or the inner city in Johannesburg face different issues to sex workers in Germiston or in Limpopo or in Durban or in the Eastern Cape because, because of the setting, whether you're in town, whether you're in your home, whether you're on the street. Mm. So we're going to try and run a prototype here first in Johannesburg. We need to throw the exhibition just for the, just to have a, a sense of how people will receive it because at the end of the day it's still our space we're all citizens of the city and we all need to be comfortable in the space that we're in so before we even go and sell it to municipality we need to see how comfortable people are with the idea of this or how willing they are to do it because there is a reason why sex work is is uh, illegal and it is it is criminalized it makes people very uncomfortable so the first thing we have to do is to have the conversation Mm. because even if this does not become implemented there are more people who are aware of of the fact that that sex workers are being stigmatized and they do deserve the basic human rights that we that we all afforded. Let me is it possible that this is used for more than sex workers because it's all about security. <coughs> so, you know, yeah. people who 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 just go to town for the for entertainment and and those kinds of things to be wearing those those bracelets. Well, for that specific function, it would it would it would take a different form because one transmitter mm. can only be linked to eight wristbands. So once you're starting to have an unknown amount of people, it will, be, it will become incredibly difficult. It's, it's easier with the sex workers because they have a database and we can design to that. Mm. There is a secondary function. We had thought, we had thought perhaps to, to use it as a Wi-Fi market in the sense, let's say our our prototype is in in Hillbrow or on Commissioner Street in town. Mm. That that Wi-Fi network can we, we can have two. We can have one for the sex workers and one for the general public because mm. people don't actually have access to to cheap Wi-Fi just generally in you know in society. I mean, a few of us privileged kids at school and maybe at home, but not not ever entirely. So as a second function, we could sell Wi-Fi at a very low cost to people. We thought about that as a second function because. 
perhaps people would be more inclined to implement it if the day-to-day person was benefiting from it. Mm. Did you exhibit at the International Union of Architects? How was it received? We had mixed reviews. We had very, very mixed reviews. We, we presented to adjudicators because it, it is, after all, an architectural design competition. Mm. That is where everything started. And we got really good reviews and we got really bad reviews. There is no in-between. This is actually incredibly polarizing. It's something that we're finding out. And we were fortunate enough, one of our adjudicators had worked with sex workers in India and in America already. So he was, he was telling us perhaps some of the challenges we could face and whatnot. But we, I would say in my opinion, had a really good response because the brief seemed to be pretty simple, but we, we took it out the box. So running from the International Congress in Durban, we think that based on those reviews, We'll be, we'll be able to successfully implement this in some manner. What were the negative responses? The negative responses were community-based issues mainly. Mm. People were concerned about what we were saying about society, the fact that we were perhaps advocating for the fact that it's okay to sell your body mm. and it's okay to to be engaged in, in the sex industry as a whole because, you know, there, there is, there's a big stigma towards it. And so people were concerned that children would be exposed to it and that society at large would be allowing such a thing to happen. Those are mainly the, those are mainly the concerns. But we all know it's the oldest profession, right? Yeah, th- th- that's the thing. We're, we're trying to go about it in a different way and perhaps that's why we're finding it so difficult. We're not trying to look at the sex workers anymore. We're trying to perhaps hold up a mirror to ourselves. We're asking the questions, you know, why is it that, that for example, we all know that police crack down on, on sex work, but only on the female side of it. They, we, we rarely ever read about the actual pimps themselves being arrested. It's, it's very, it's very marginalized. They only look at the sex workers, but not the whole, the whole industry. Mm. It, it really is targeting the women and well, and the men in some case, because they are male sex workers. But it's really a targeting the women in the industry. So it's it's really quite biased. We're picking what we're what we want to be conser- conservative about because it is the oldest profession, and it's not going to stop. And instead of turning a blind eye to it and marginalizing people who end up being being killed, actually, a lot of sex workers have gone missing. They have stories about friends they haven't seen in years, and how how police treat them. Instead of doing that. We're, we're trying to hold up a mirror to ourselves and be like, we're still a society. We all, we all have access to these basic human rights, and we shouldn't exclude anybody from that mm. just because we do not agree with their profession. Let me please stay on the line for me just to wrap up. Uh, I'll be back talking to you after this. All right. The Premiership is back with a bang. 20 August, Free State Stars is at home as they take on Supersport United at Charles Mopedi at 6pm. Catch Chippa United, take on University of Pretoria at Nelson Mandela Bay. Join Morocco Swallows as they take on Mamelodi Sundowns at Dobsonville Stadium. Then catch Orlando Pirates versus Amazulu at Orlando. Kickoff is at 7.30. Tickets available at 40 Rand. Brought to you by the Premier Soccer League. Save for a rainy day. That's what they always say. But they don't know when it'll rain. So how do I know I'll get a great rate and access to my money when I need it? Eugene, with NetBank Money Trader, you get a rate of 5.75% per annum. And you can access your funds in 24 hours. So it's there when you need it. What about the fees? Fees? There are no fees or commissions. And your capital is fully guaranteed. 
Okay, bring on the rain. Uh-oh. Make saving for a rainy day happen. Visit any Nedbank today. Call 0860-555-111 or go to nedbank.coza. Terms and conditions apply. We're an authorized financial services and credit provider. Make things happen. Nedbank. It's a whole new world on SABC2. On Buckeye Season 2 at 7pm, we get an in-depth look at past and present icons. Mali at 7.30pm. Sutu News continues at 8.30pm. Mubango is at 9pm. And Interface is now on SABC2 at 9.30pm. It's your new world on SABC2. Follow us on Twitter or like our Facebook page to get all the updates on the changes. Join the Mpumalanga Trade, Investment and Tourism Promotion Symposium in partnership with SAFM. The symposium will be hosting BRICS countries at M020 Arena in Nalspreit on the 28th of August 2014. To participate for free, contact Boyce Lajaneni on 082-923-4402 or email rsvp at bbmmedia.co.za or visit www.southafricanguide.co.za Otherwise, on SAFM. Lemi Subira is my guest. Lemi, way to now. What happens to your team? I, I like the way you think. I like the, the kind of uh, issues you're dealing with, and especially as a young man creating dialogue amongst your peers. How, how did your peers respond to this? Our peers, at first, were actually quite shocked with the idea. Um, it's. I mean, it did really start as an as an innocent proposal in class, like perhaps this would be a good idea. But as as things have been taking shape and form, they've they've warmed up to the idea, and it's actually really it's really nice to see that people are becoming more and more aware of these issues. Mm. Um, I, I have had some of my peers come up and talk to me and say I was not aware of these issues, so on mm. and so forth. So in that regard, it's it's already been a success, and that's what us as a group are really happy about and the university and the class that before anything has really been implemented the conversation has already started and we're getting we're getting a much bigger response than we thought so we're actually really happy about that and from here we're just honestly going to try and find a way to at least propose this to the relevant people Mm. in in government whether it goes through or not we really need to propose it just to say that we have actually tried because I know that SWET as an organization have presented in front of parliament. Um, I think this was a year ago or two years ago. I'm not sure about the specifics. So they're working on decriminalizing sex work and legalizing it. So while they fight on that front, we're going to try and speak to to other people about it, to, to people who do have a stigma associated to it. So we're going to try and, and fight that front basically from here on. I'd like to see it at Design in Daba because it's one of... Great designs. Where can people view the the design? The design they can they can see it online for for now if they if they actually um, Google Times Live with students to the rescue they'll be able to see the article and the design. But we will be having an exhibition and we will set up a Facebook page and we'll we will speak to all the different radio stations that we've been on in the newspapers and we will invite everyone so they'll be able to see it in the newspapers soon hopefully if people are still interested a few weeks do you know more or less when because also i think because of the dialogue involved because of the the, the issue at hand it's, mm-hmm. it's great to be you know for for platforms around the country talking to other students at other universities yes absolutely it's it's actually really growing past what we expected because 
for example, the suggestion you just gave is one of many that people have, have, have come to us with. So we're, we're actually realizing that we could take this countrywide and have so many different conversations. Mm. But we, we have to plan this properly so that we don't actually get caught off guard. So for the exhibition, I know it'll be within a few weeks. Mm. The specifics, not, we don't know as yet because we want to get different people involved. We don't just want to have the sex workers and us involved because we've realized that when, when people hear the word sex worker, they immediately turned off. They, they don't want to speak to them. And then we, at the end of the day, are still, are still students. So they might be a bit um, condescending towards us. Like, you know, these guys mm-hmm. are still students and the opinions aren't well formed. We shouldn't listen to them. So we're going to try and pull in as many other professions as we can, other architects, um, medical professionals and just people who the general society would respect. So that's why I can't give a time frame because we, we still have to approach these people and see if they're interested in this dialogue so that we can actually make this into something more. And in fact, government security cluster should be part of that team that you put together. Well, I would hope so. <laughs> well done. I'm very proud of you guys. And I think this is so amazing. And, you know, it caught my eye. And I, I, I like the fact that you are here. And I like the fact that you're a guy because I expected girls to be doing this. But you're a guy. And I love the fact that uh, you, you can also raise these issues because I think we need to educate men, especially uh about prostitution, about sex work, you know, because they, they're the consumers mostly. Yeah, but absolutely. I think that's, that's one thing that we found out while doing this project. A lot of the time with, with interviews, people have said we'd like to speak to the female in the group because this is a, a, a predominantly female issue. But we're, we're pushing for the fact that just because we're not of the correct gender in, in this respect, it doesn't mean that we don't, we don't understand the issue. Mm. And, and that's something that we'd really like to implement because a lot of the time when people speak about the uncomfortability of sex work or anything to do with women's bodies, it's always a case of what women should do mm. to prevent themselves from being attacked or from being targeted or, or something of the like. There's very little dialogue about the fact that men should men do not have the right over women's bodies in a, in a certain sense. Or in my case, that men don't think like that because I get offended sometimes. I don't just prowl the streets at night you know, looking for someone or whatever the case may be. So yeah, I'm actually quite glad that there are two guys in the group and, and Yoriswa, the female in the group, because at least it gives some diversity and it shows that the issue isn't just specific to men or women or students or mothers or daughters. It's, it's open to everybody. Finally, let me, if, if somebody is listening and they want to fund this project in any way outside of government, who should, mm-hmm. I, who should they contact? They can contact the university, mm-hmm. they can contact Vitz University, and they can call the architecture department. Mm-hmm. We've been liaising through them because at the end of the day, this did start as a student project. So mm-hmm. we are working in conjunction with the university. So if, if they call the department, um, they've already been very helpful and, and we can keep in touch that way. Anyone who's, who's interested can, can go through those avenues. I wish you all the best and keep us posted on the exhibitions and other developments, okay? Okay, thank you for having us. Thank you, Lemmy. Take yeah. care. Wonderful. 25-year-olds, uh, Lemmy Subira, Yolisa Lamini and Andre Juan Lesieur, I think it is, uh, have come up with this amazing thing. Find it, the Times newspaper wrote about it on Monday the 4th of August and it caught my attention and I thought we should speak to them. And if only for the discussion and conversation around dinner tables, I think it's worth visiting. So the Times newspaper, Monday, August 4th, the headline is Students to the Rescue. 
otherwise on SAFM. So, a recent campaign run by Lilette's We Are Women called What I Wish I Knew has revealed some startling myths around periods. Another thing that happens to women every month. Some people still go squirmy when you mention periods. But uh, Consumer Affairs Manager from Lilette's, Nolene Fenton, joins us. Nolene, thank you for your patience and welcome to Otherwise. No problem. Thanks a lot. Um very much for for having us on the show um it's lovely to talk to you today tell me why why did you start the campaign initially you know we've been very aware over many many years um that we need to be talking to girls and uh, young women at all levels so we launched a campaign uh two years ago the we are women campaign um which encompassed all this discussion that we started now with with the advent of um, social media, um, it has got us to realize that we actually need to be having this conversation more and more and making it easier for all these girls and women to talk to us. So what we did recently was we launched the What I Wish I Knew campaign, mm-hmm. um, which, amongst other things, has revealed some really startling myths some of which we knew about um, in years gone by, but others which have just come to the fore. And the interesting thing, um, Shadow, is that we talk about so many different things. Um, HIV, um, practicing safe sex, they're even talking about that in school, which is great. Mm -hmm. Um, Condom use, um, STDs, we're talking about all these things. But we're scooping under the carpet all these myths that have been going around for many, many years. So basically, what our aim is, is to bring this out into the open and say, let's talk about these myths and let's debunk these myths. So, you know, I find a lot of parents have difficulty in having that conversation about, you know, preparing a daughter for this phase in their lives. You know, how yes. do you have that conversation? As, because the teachers will probably catch it later. Yes. Um, but how does one prepare one's daughter without uh, in feeling like invading their space for one or even introducing them to something that is um, foreign to them that they won't understand when is the right age I think parents battle with all of those yes, questions they do um, now we, we are very aware of that and on our website we've, we've become very interactive as I mentioned earlier on our website we've made sure that we are talking to all the, um, the stakeholders. We're talking to the moms, we're talking to the girls, we're talking to adult women. Um, our website has become such that the, the mom can sit with the, her daughter, mm-hmm. go through the website together, and in fact, we encourage this. Um, we very seldom say to young girls who phone us or moms who phone us, just put your daughter onto the website, she'll learn everything from there. Mm-hmm. We encourage them to sit with their daughters go through the website, go through the, the details and the videos that are on there, um, and, and discuss, open the forum for discussion, which is exactly what you're just saying. This, this forum has been closed for too long, um, and this is where these myths originate from, because, of course, peer pressure is always there. You know, you hear from your friend that the reason, for example, may I mention one? Yes, go ahead. Um, you know, for example, the, one of the weirdest ones we've ever had, obviously, is, is um, you know, the reason why you're bleeding every month is because you've got snakes in your stomach. <laughs> now, I mean, 
you know, to, to sure you and I, no. that might sound absolutely ridiculous. To a 12-year-old who has not yet started her periods or her menstruation, it can be absolutely terrifying. So, you know, what we are, are trying to do with this campaign and succeeding, I'm happy to say, is to debunk a lot of the myths and talk to the people at their own level. But then again, I, I, Nolene, I want to know then, uh, do you do the period talk the same time as sexual education? Do you put the two together or do you just keep one uh, and the sex education will come later? Yeah, we don't, um, we don't concentrate as such on sex education um, at all. No, I'm talking uh, about parents here. If parents are broaching the subject. Oh, uh, in, in, when, when they are talking to the girls? Yes. I think the initial step, obviously, would be to go through the, the body with, the, with, this is how I would do it. I would certainly sit with my daughter, go through the workings of her body how her body functions, yeah. why these changes are actually going to take place and what happens when they take place. Mm. Following that, depending on the age of the child, you can then move on to more, um, you know, the education on, on more the sex aspect. But certainly um, the understanding of the body needs to come first. And that's where we feel we play such a big role. Now, you've, again, myths about what, what products to use. You come from Lilith and you've got these, and you've launched nano tampons, which yes. are the smallest tampons ever. Yes. But to, is it a good idea for a first-time uh, user to use a, a tampon? A because, tampon. Because um, there's also the myth that tampons will break your virginity. Okay. That is a myth. Um, virginity cannot be broken by a tampon. Um, that, that has been, if you like, on our myth list for many, many, many years. And it is a great concern by parents, mm. particularly those parents who do not themselves use tampons. Mm. If they are pad users, um, they, they are very suspicious. A, a lot of them are very suspicious of tampons. Um, what we say to a first-time user parent, a parent whose, whose child now is perhaps sporty, they're now finding they're in a situation where um, the child does swimming, and suddenly they don't know what to do. They've started their, their menstruation that week. They've got a swimming gala on Tuesday. What on earth do they do? What we say to them is, firstly, the, the girl has to be very happy um, psychologically about using a tampon. You are after all inserting something into your own body. You have to be happy and confident doing that. Um, secondly, what we say to them is that what they can do is to use the tampon for the duration of the swim. As soon as they finish their swim, they can go and change, clean up, um, freshen themselves and put their pads on. Um, they, they don't necessarily have to plunge into the the use of tampons for the entire period mm. and by doing that they get used to the idea and as they get a bit older would feel more comfortable using the tampon 
Look, I think we need a larger conversation, you and I, about this because it is a huge concern. It, it is. Uh, you know, maybe we also need to unpack what what goes into making a tampon, the 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 you know the pros and cons of using yeah. one because I think those are some of the questions that people come up with. So yeah. I'm going to ask Nolene that uh, we invite you again to the show and unpack those kinds of things. And no, that's because because I also think right now the people we, we're reaching and I want to know how we're reaching people outside of the converted you know a lot of people that are probably listening to the show are converted and, and don't they know these myths don't exist and, and that sort of thing but what programs do we have in place to go further than just our comfort spaces okay um, what we have done obviously as I mentioned earlier we are using social media platforms a lot mm. We are, um, so, and, and that uh, appeals to the entire market because we, we're on Facebook, we're on Mixit, we're on Twitter, we're on, on our, our website is available, um, we're on Pinterest, there are sayings that are pinned up on Pinterest which are of interest to, to the girls. So we've, we have a plethora of areas where they can go in. Mm. We also do major marketing campaigns um, which include um, areas which are, are not visited that often, mm. example, taxi ranks, etc. where although you are targeting um, your, you know, woman, this is not your younger market, a lot of them are uneducated on the use of, um, you know, menstrual aids, any mm. menstrual aid, in mm. fact. Mm. So we talk, and we don't only talk tampons, obviously, because our range um, is such that it appeals to every single user. Mm. So from pads to panty liners to um, um, to our tampons, which obviously, as you know, come in different sizes to suit every need. So um, we are trying to get out there to talk to as many people as possible. Well, you're going to talk to us again soon, Nolene. We'll get in touch with you, and thank okay. you so much for your time. No problem. Thank you so much, Shadow. You take care. Okay, you take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Nolene Fenton, Consumer Affairs Manager from Lilettes, and you can Google them. You'll find more information there. They run a campaign called We Are Women, What I Wish I Knew. We will continue this conversation at another time. But right now, we're talking to Bronwyn Eckhart, who's Selection Manager and Pitch and Polish Project Manager at Ray's Corp. Bronwyn, hello. Hi, how are you? <laughs> and Pitch and Polish, My, mm. it, it just conjures, uh, okay, I'm, I'm bringing this wonderful idea to to Bronwyn and she will look at it and think, mm, okay, this is where we need to polish it and, and, and then what? Okay, so <clears throat> pitch and polish is kind of the, the, the pre-you taking your idea to, to someone. So we teach entrepreneurs how to pitch their business or ideas effectively. So we do that through a whole full day workshop. Um, there is a competition element and we work with with entrepreneurs on all the different kinds of questions they need to be asking themselves when preparing their pitch. So um, I don't know if you've if you've seen the show Dragons Den. I believe it's also coming to South Africa now. I've heard a lot so, about it. It's getting lots of attention. Exactly. So we're kind of what you need before you go to the dragon. <laughs> <laughs> well, you only have a few minutes to pitch. Sorry? Where you only have a few minutes to pitch. Exactly, mm. exactly. Because through the workshop, we teach entrepreneurs the importance of being able to pitch pretty much anytime, anywhere, anyhow. So we do 30 seconds, we do a minute, and then we do a three minutes. So, you know, kind of showing them how to work it into <laughs> any time frame. 
Now, how do you assess and how do you select, firstly, those that can pitch to you? Because it must be tiresome mm-hmm. to look to respond to everybody who knocks on your door. Mm-hmm. So, how do, how, what's the selection process? Okay, so for the workshop, there is no selection process. Anyone that wants to come and spend the day at a world-class free workshop, they can just register and come and attend. Um, but for the competition, we had a selection committee that went through all of the entry forms that we received. And uh, we've actually just wrapped up also the SAFM wildcard competition, which also feeds into the Pitch and Polish national competition. We um, did that with SAFM as well, and we're going into our final of that next week. And even those contestants were then selected by a committee based on various things that they answered in an entry form. Okay, so the the selection committee chooses, and how then do you support throughout? And what sort of, because I can imagine, mm. which, which has happened in the past, everyone sees a successful fish and chips shop, everyone wants to have a fish and chips shop. <laughs> Everyone's, you know. Exactly, so, exactly. So, uh, so, okay, so for those contestants that have been through the workshop rounds of, of the program, so in those workshops, we work with them throughout the day in order to prep them for the competition um, with the SAFM wild card um, with the final happening next week the candidate that wins that competition goes into the semi-final of the national competition and for the semi-final all of those contestants there'll be seven in total and they will come up to Johannesburg and spend time at Ray's Corp which is the, the incubator behind the program mm-hmm. and they will actually be mentored one-on-one with various mentors throughout the day so they'll spend some time with sales some, st- some time with stress some time of finance. Also, upon their selection, they were also fully briefed in terms of what they need to start kind of prepping and looking at in terms of, of their pitch in, in preparation for the workshop. So, so yeah, full, full briefing and then mentorship throughout. Okay, we're going to need your website address and where mm. people can go and, and, and look at and, and follow this process through. Mm. But also after the results, you will talk to us again. and, and just tell us who's won Because I'd like to talk to the winners as well. Absolutely. Just, just to see how they're so, doing and they can explain what they learned from you. Mm, absolutely. That'll be great. Yeah. Um, so our website address is www.pitchandpolish.com. So that is P-I-T-C-H. A-N-D-P-O-L-I-S-H dot com. And I just want, do just want to mention we do still have a workshop taking place in both Rustenburg and Durban. So those are our last two workshops of the year. When is this? So that is Rustenburg is this coming weekend, so mm-hmm. the 23rd of August. Mm-hmm. And then Durban is the following weekend on the 30th of August. So folks and do we know where? Sorry? Do we know where they are, venues and those kinds of things? Are they on the website? All of that is on the website, but just to, to quickly give you that info, 23rd of August in Rustenburg at the Rustenburg Golf Club. Mm-hmm. And then the 30th of August in Durban at the Durban Country Club. So both both venues nice and central, easily accessible. Uh, the workshop is free of charge. Registration starts at 8, and the workshop runs from 9 until 5. Um, so it is a full day, but it's it's an amazing interactive workshop. Also, everyone receives a great little goodie bag of business gifts. So if you are still in those areas or can get to those areas, um, I would definitely recommend that you you come along. And then, yeah, for those that want to keep up to date on the competition and what's going on, they can follow us on our Facebook page um, or on Twitter as well and uh, and also on the website. So, so yeah, it's been Thank great. Thank you so, so much, Bronwyn. All the best, eh? <laughs> Thank you very much. You take care. Okay, then. Bye-bye. Bye.